Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. floodgates of our heart. We thank you for the moving of your Holy Spirit, and we welcome you right now. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome you. Change us, mold us, and shape us to be more like you. We give you praise and glory and honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited. A little later today, we'll be receiving communion together. But I believe over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the power of God. We've been talking about how the anointing wants to move in every one of us and that we're intended to live in victory. You and I, as believers, are not to be in defeat. But the power of God wants us to walk in victory. And yet, so many times, there are people that feel powerless in their life. It's interesting, in a recent survey, one of the things that was done, and this was done by Good Housekeeping Magazine, in one of their surveys, they asked people what was one of the biggest needs in their life. And here was their response. They said the biggest need in their life is to feel loved, to feel accepted, and to feel important. 
It was in that order, love, acceptance, and importance. There's so many things in our life that try to dehumanize us. There's so many things that go on in our society and our culture that try to take value away from everybody. Isn't it strange? Now, you animal lovers, just humor me for a moment, okay? But I know we're getting past all the really hot days of summer, and yet I'm sort of hoping for a few more days of that to be left around with us. Labor Day comes and everything seems to start changing. But it's funny, isn't it? You see some news report about somebody who has left their dog in their car. And even if they have possibly left the window open a little bit to get some air in there, sometimes you find out people just go crazy about it. They get all wild-eyed thinking that the dog is going to die and suffocate. Now, I, I do understand I'm not for animal abuse. I'm not for seeing animals left in hot cars that there's no windows open. But every once in a while, you read a story of someone who went ahead and took a hammer and broke the window out because they decided it was too hot for the dog. Now, again, animal lovers, hear me out just for a moment. I, I don't want the dog to overheat either. But sometimes people just take it into their own hands to do something because they've determined that something is unjust. And yet, isn't it the craziest thing that as a society, we just accept and believe that abortion is something that is acceptable to anybody and everybody. We allow killing of human babies, but we don't want to see somebody's Pekingese get too hot in the car. Now, again, I know I've just stepped on a few sacred cows out there, but let me just go ahead and just join in with the rest of the cows for a second. You ready? Moo! Sometimes we just need a few sacred cows to be kicked over so we can begin to appreciate all life is important. All life is important. We don't want to see animals abused, but our culture has so shifted that we get more upset about dogs than we do about human beings. We get upset if dolphins beach themselves or whales than we think about how a child is treated and raised. Life is important. And the truth is, when you come to Jesus Christ, everything changes in your life. Everything begins to shift because instead of thinking just of yourself, now you start thinking of others. You start thinking of the blessing that God has if we'll open up our heart to him. I'd like you to open up your Bibles, if you would, today to the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 1. See, along with being born again, that talks about a life being changed through Jesus Christ. But now the scriptures talk a great deal about being empowered as a believer. You are never to be weak or you're never to be in this place of being dominated or controlled by anybody or anything. And so we know that God gave us his Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit was also given to empower us. So if you'll read with me here, if you look on in uh, the book of Acts chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The day of Pentecost had come. Now, Pentecost truly stands for, the meaning of it is 50. So it represents a time period of 50 days. This was already something that was in the Jewish calendar. It was already something that was a part of their tradition. And so now Jesus had told the disciples after he had been risen from the dead, he spent 40 days with them, appearing to them, teaching them everything that he had spoke to them while he was alive on the earth. He would come to them and give them full understanding because they were getting ready to be thrust out into the world as missionaries. Many people had thought that when Christ died on the cross, this whole message of salvation and a Messiah was just going to go away. But the good news is it didn't go away. Those early disciples and the people that gathered together who believed, they were really in a Bible school that was preparing them for the power of Jesus Christ. Now, some people believe that the moment when Christ was on the cross, you remember the story, 
how that the soldier came up with a spear and pierced the side of Jesus. And the Bible says water and blood came flowing out of him. Now, we know that the church is referred to as the bride of Christ. And so some people think that that was the day that the church was born, was when out of the side of Jesus came the water and the blood. Some folks say, well, this means just like when Adam went into sleep and God put him to sleep and God removed one of his ribs and took and formed the woman that she came from his side to be equal with him, to be under his protection and to be wrapped around his heart, that she would be out there as a blessing. Hallelujah. Ladies, you're a blessing. Praise the Lord. God has not ever made a second-class citizen. You are his child. Can I get an amen? So we see men and women together to take dominion over all the things on this earth. So some people say, well, the bride of Christ at that moment was born. Other people look and they say, no, 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 it was on the day of Pentecost. Because on the day of Pentecost, all those who had been believing now were empowered. Personally, I believe it's not so much just on the day or the exact moment there. I believe the church came alive on the day of Pentecost because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. But it's sort of like when folks want to argue with you about the exact day that Jesus was born. Was it December 25th? Was it another day? Was it a different time? You know what? We take time to honor the Lord on that day as his birth. Haven't you as a family ever celebrated anybody's birthday in your family on a day that's not that day? Too many things going on. You go ahead and say, okay, when can we schedule your birthday in here? The fact is that you take time to honor. You take time to remember and to celebrate that person. Well, same thing we do with honoring the Lord. So today as we talk about the day of Pentecost, it is an empowering of the church of Jesus Christ. It is the moment that something supernatural happened that changed the course of history. Years ago, when my family got born again, it changed our lives. I was a young boy. My mom and dad got saved the same time that I did. We heard the gospel being preached. It changed us. It caused something to change in our lives. And the Holy Spirit came to dwell in us. Up to that point, we'd been a part of a traditional church that didn't necessarily preach salvation, but they talked about good works. They talked about salvation that came through Jesus Christ. At a certain age, you went through confirmation classes. Those confirmation classes taught you about Jesus and taught you what the church believed in. And as you approached those confirmation classes, you were to be able to stand before the church one day and say, I'll uphold the church with my prayers, my presence, my gifts, and my service. Now, the cool part for me was when I got born again, it was before I was going to be confirmed. See, some people thought that if they just went through and made a promise before God, that that was good enough. And if you received communion, that that was your way of knowing that you were saved or that you were a Christian. But yet the Bible talks about being born again. And so being born again was one experience that my family had never known before. And so when we had that opportunity and the gospel was preached to us and said, it's not about being good enough, it's not about doing all the right things, but it's about a Savior who died for your sins on the cross. Folks, hallelujah. Thank God that anybody who believes in Jesus as Savior and Lord can be born again. If you already know him as your Savior and Lord, would you say amen? See, he changed us. Well, it wasn't shortly after, uh, but it was uh, shortly after that that something else happened for us. My parents started to read some literature and some books, and we talked to people who talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'll never forget, there was a little neighbor of my grandmother's who lived down the alley, and she had been a part of a particular denomination that had been pretty vocal about saying that people could not be filled with the Holy Spirit anymore that it had all passed away when the last apostle had died. Well, we won't get into a whole new teaching here today because we've got plenty of teaching time on the next few Sundays. But, you know, the Bible says there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We call those the fivefold ministry. Amen? Now, would you take your hand with me just for a moment, and we're going to think so that you'll remember those fivefold. We'll come back to them next Sunday. But we've got apostles. We've got prophets. We've got evangelists, 
We've got pastors and we've got teachers. And so when that church and that denomination came out and said, when the last apostle died, then that means the gifts of the Spirit died. Well, that means they don't believe in uh, uh, any kind of prophets anymore. And that left some evangelists and it left some pastors out there. But there wasn't too much about teaching being taught too much anymore. So that particular denomination only celebrated the two. So you have evangelists and you have pastors out there. If the others passed away, boy, that doesn't sound good for me as a pastor. Maybe they'll pass away here too. The truth is the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today. We're going to show you it through Scripture in just a moment. And we still have apostles. We still have prophets. We still have evangelists. We still have pastors. And we still have teachers. Hallelujah. Now, the cool part was when we got filled with the Holy Spirit and my grandparents started to hear about it, they weren't too sure about it in the first place. But when we came back to start the church, I'll never forget before we had our very first service on May 5th, 1985, my grandparents were sitting in my parents' living room. And as we had had a meeting together to think about starting Faith Walk, my grandma and grandpa looked at me and they said, well, if we're going to do this thing with you, then we need to get everything we need to get. And I looked at them and I said, so what do you mean? And my grandpa said, well, I think it's time that we speak in tongues. He said, so why don't you pray over us so we can get filled with the Holy Spirit? Ah, man, I'm telling you what, it was so exciting. As they were sitting in a chair, uh, not one chair, they both had chairs. <laughs> <laughs> as they were sitting there in my mom and dad's living room and we gathered around them to lay hands on them and to pray over them and to watch my grandmother and my grandfather begin to hold their hands out before God and before you know it they began to speak in tongues as the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit and as it all finished up that night together my grandmother looked at me and she said do you remember and she said the lady's name I said yeah do you remember how that their church denomination said those gifts didn't happen anymore I said yeah I remember you telling us that she said well and she mentioned the lady's name she said to me but privately she said I remember when in our church people used to get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues but we just don't do it anymore I got so excited to think about how this lady had kept that within her heart all those years Ooh, I'm telling you what, and that denomination itself still today doesn't recognize the gifts of the Spirit, but the Bible is still the Word of God. Now, you know, through church history and through time, sometimes people have come out and said, well, those gifts don't operate anymore. Years ago, a famous preacher in Chicago whose name was D.L. Moody some of you have heard of him. You've heard of Moody Broadcasting, this type of thing. Remember the history, if you will, of what took place in Chicago, how there's some cow kicked over a lantern. Remember that story about a Chicago fire? Well, D.L. Moody used to preach in series. And in preaching in series, he would wait until the end of the series to actually give an altar call for people to be born again. When the Chicago fire happened, he had not got to the place where he had given the altar call for people to be born again. And there were many people who had died in that fire that went on, and it changed D.L. Moody forever. And so Moody at that time began to change how he would speak at each service, and he would make sure that everyone had an opportunity to get born again. So you wonder why sometimes when we finish up our services, we always give an opportunity for folks to be born again. It's because you never know what's out there. When you leave this place today, you never know what's going to be coming, and you need to have your salvation sure, and that comes through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. But Moody talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So when he died... There was such confusion in the ranks of that particular part of the body of Christ. And they said, you know what? It's sort of controversial. We know that Moody believed in being filled with the Holy Spirit, but there's so many others that don't anymore, so let's just not teach on it. And so it seemed that many people began to accept the idea that folks didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you this because I want you to realize God has been doing something since the day of Pentecost. And sometimes people call folks that are Pentecostal or spirit-filled or charismatic, the old term that they used to use, they called them holy rollers. 
Are you one of those holy roller churches? You know, where they clap and jump around and dance. Because, you know, throughout church history, there have been times when people got filled with the Holy Spirit, they seemingly lost their mind. They would jump up and down and get excited for what God was doing. They would speak in languages that people had never heard before. And sometimes they would even fall on the ground just because of the power of God on them. And so the whole term holy roller came up. Well, however you want to word it, whatever you want to call it, I want you to know today, God changes people's lives. And He gives you an experience so much so that it will not only show itself outwardly, but it changes you on the inside. Now today, if the devil has been pushing you around, I want you to know as we go further on in our scripture study, I want you to understand God is here to give you Holy Ghost guts. Pastor, what are you can you say that from the pulpit? I just did. He wants to give you a strength inside you so that you know what you've got. Do not be pushed around, but understand that when the Spirit of God comes into you, it will transform your life. Now, the birth of the church, as I said, took place at this timing as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's stay in the same chapter and drop down with me, if you would, to verse 36. Peter, remember, had denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. And then he took off with the disciples and the crucifixion had taken place. All the things that we read about in church history. But the good news is when Easter morning came, when Sunday came, the grave was empty and Christ was risen from the dead. So now here's Peter who had denied the Lord being used by God filled with power and strength. I want you to know the gifts of the Spirit are not here just to celebrate the gifts, but they're to empower you. That's what happened with Peter. And so let's check in on Peter's sermon here, starting in verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Look at verse 39 one more time with me, would you please? It says, For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. People are still getting born again today. Amen? People are still accepting Christ and being brought into the family of God. So if folks are still being saved today, we still need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We still need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the fun part has been through the years as we've taken missions trips to different parts of the world and gone into places where we've needed interpreters to be able to speak to the people there and watching folks come forward to accept Christ and as they accepted Christ, also seeing them get filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody had been teaching them. Somebody told me one time, well, you know, nobody really speaks in tongues. They watch televangelists on Christian television programs. And because they watch the televangelists, they just mimic and say the things that they say so that they sound like they're speaking a different language. I'm here to tell you, countries and places we've been where nobody has a television have been filled with the Holy Spirit and they've spoken in new tongues. God has baptized them with power and strength and might. There was one particular village we were going up the Amazon River one night, and we had stopped in this particular village. The boat had pulled over. We got out. There was three of us that went into this village, and there was a man who was sitting and listening. We were in the plaza in an open area preaching that evening. And as we got ready to open up the gospel to them and share the good news of being born again, we also said if anybody needed to be healed, they could come forward to be healed. We got ready to pray for folks, and, and no one came forward. And finally, there was a gentleman who came forward and stood before us. 
Of course, I didn't know anything about him. None of our team did. And we just went over and anointed him with oil, prayed over him. And as we were praying over him, the power of God hit him. And as the anointing of God began to touch his body, he took off running around that plaza. He was running through the whole place. At that moment, I looked at the interpreter, and I said, we need to find out what's going on. So after he had made the second lap around the place, we stopped him for a moment, and through the interpreter, said, what's going on? And he said, God has healed me. He said, I had emphysema, and I had to stop after so much walking every time to catch my breath. And he said, God has touched me, and he took off running. Now, I'm telling you, the good news is, as soon as he gave that testimony, all kinds of people came forward. We were in a place that nobody had been there before to preach the gospel. There was not an established church there. The good news is, the lady pastor we were working with, oh, that probably just blew some theology in some of you right now. The lady pastor we were working with, Manuelita, as she was standing there, she looked at the people and she said, when we come back, we will establish a church in this place. People came forward to accept Christ. Lives were changed because of the power of God. The same power that was on the day of Pentecost is still alive in the earth today. God is still a miracle-working God. Can I get an amen? Well, look what happens here. Peter starts preaching to them. And remember, this was a guy that had denied Jesus. Let me tell you something. No matter what your past has been, if you will give your life to God, he will use you. If you will give your heart to the Lord, he will take your past, put it under the blood, and give you a brand new beginning. Now, the good news is if you get raised in the body of Christ, you come to know Jesus at a young age, you don't have to go through all the junk the world has to go through. God's grace is strong enough to keep you from all of that junk. God's grace is strong enough to work inside of you so that you don't have to go through all the garbage. I'll never forget hearing somebody one time say, boy, you know, I sure wish I would have been a bigger sinner. You know, as, as a kid, I came to Christ. I, I didn't do this. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do alcohol. I don't have a testimony. Oh, how crazy. You do have a testimony. God has kept you from all of that junk. Hallelujah. Now, please don't think you need to go out of here today or those that are watching right now and just say, man, I don't have much of a testimony. Let's go out and try out some drugs. Let's go out and do something that is illegal. I got to tell you, God's grace is big enough to keep you so that you don't have to give in to any of that junk. But never look at somebody and think, oh, no, 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 no. You've got too much of a checkered past. God can never use you. God will use anybody who opens up their heart. Doesn't that make you happy? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, but pastor, I know there's some things in the Bible that say if you've done these things, God can't use you. I'm sorry to tell you that's not there. The Bible says that his grace is sufficient. Now, there's things that we need to avoid. And as a believer, God has enough power to keep you from those things. But here, later on, we find out how that Paul comes along, and he had persecuted the church. He had even made sure that Christians were killed for their faith. And what does God do? He saves them. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God can do something in lives of people like Paul? So the next time you want to write off your neighbor who you think is such a big heathen, they'll never come to Christ, pray for them. Because God can use anybody. Now look at the message that was preached there. He said to him, repent, be baptized in water, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why did he say it that way about the gift of the Holy Spirit? Because when you repent, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell with you. The Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if you're born again today, I want you to know the Holy Spirit is already living inside you. But there is something else that happened on the day of Pentecost. And some people say, well, are you meaning that that's a second work of grace? No, no, no. If you're saved, you're saved. If you've given your life to Jesus and confessed him as Lord and Savior, you're born again. Amen? Amen. But then he talks about being baptized in water. Baptism in water is an outward sign of what you believe inwardly. It's like when you receive communion. You receive communion as an outward sign to remind yourself of what Christ has done in your life. 
Just taking the bread, just taking the cup does not save you. If you look at it and just say, well, this is our tradition. If I take this, if I do that, then I'm definitely going to heaven. Going to heaven is all about making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And then living for him. Well, then why do we get baptized? Well, especially when we get baptized, it's a testimony to everybody else. I'm making a change in my life. When we go under the water and come back up, it represents the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's one of the ways we show people that we have accepted Jesus. But then he says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I just had you read it twice there, but in verse 39, it reminds us that these things are still going on today. Yeah, but it's been a long time since I've seen any miracle power happening, Pastor. Or I've never seen a miracle, or I've never seen God move. Well, you've got your Bible, you've got your faith, and the good news is, even if it doesn't seem to be happening around you, it's happening all over the world. Now, we need it to be happening around us. Amen. We need to be able to see the power of God affecting the Quad Cities. Don't just give up on your community. Don't just stop saying, well, you know, these jobs are stopping. East Moline Metal, the, Bi uh, the, the Bible, the news media said was going to be closing down. There's jobs, layoffs going on at John Deere. This is happening. That's happening. All kinds of bad things are happening to the economy. Hey, can I remind you of something, you that have been around here for a long time? We came back in 1985 to start Faith Walk. At that time, there were houses that were boarded up. There were people that were talking about all the jobs and the closings that were happening in the factories. And people used to say this. There was a section in the newspaper called Speak Out. I don't know if it's still there because I don't read the newspaper. Yeah, it's just not got any good news in it, it seems, anymore. So anyway, Speak Out was there, and people give their editorials, and they do this and that. And people used to write in and say, last one out of the Quad Cities, close all the doors, shut the windows, and turn out the lights. God said to us in 1985, come back to the Quad Cities. Start a church teaching people how to make their Christianity a lifestyle and not just a name. Teach them how to live by faith every single day. We had all kinds of people look at us and say, why did you come back here? You should have stayed down in Mississippi. My goodness, why would you come back here? Everybody's leaving. God said it was time to teach and preach and stand in the gap for our community. And that's what we've been doing for 31 years. And until Jesus comes back, we're going to keep doing it. Amen? We're going to keep standing and believing and trusting God because the Lord's not done with the Quad Cities. He's not done with you, and he's not done with the churches within this community. God is reviving dead churches and raising them up to preach the gospel again. God is doing supernatural things that is going to change the history of this community. And the Lord promised that in the last days he would pour his spirit out on all flesh. And before Jesus comes back, there's going to be this new move of God, and we're seeing the beginnings of it all around us. Let's be a part of that new move of God. Amen? Let's not give up. Let's not ever sit back and say, oh, well, the best days are behind us. Oh, no, 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 no. The best days are just ahead of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, verse 39, for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. If you've been born again already, would you say amen? amen? Well, then you're all in the place of receiving the gifts of the Spirit. And I know that many of you have already received the gifts of the Spirit. But see, it's not just about speaking in tongues. There are nine gifts of the Spirit that God gives to us. Why? To empower the church. Peter, who had been embarrassed and been scared, who denied the Lord three times, now was empowered. And he stood in front of everybody and he said, this is that which you now see and hear. It's time for there to be manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is different than just being saved and the Spirit abiding in you. Let's stay in the book of Acts and look over in chapter 8. And verse 1. 
Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. This is eight years after the day of Pentecost. So sometimes when you hear people say, well, that only happened on that day of Pentecost. Now we see it in church history eight years later in Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 8. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitude, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Great joy because they believed in Jesus. There was a lot of persecution happening. We just read about Saul, but we know later on his name was physically changed because God had changed his life. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for life changes. I'm thankful when you hear about stories of people who have had an experience with God and everything has changed in their very being. Well, it goes on here that we see Philip was not somebody necessarily called to the fivefold ministry, but he was a believer. And so look on with me in verses 9 through 13. And there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the apostles of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. You know, sometimes in the newspapers, there have been people that are fortune tellers. They try to predict the future. Sometimes people have used the signs of the zodiac and talked about how they can go ahead and give you some special word about what's going to happen tomorrow. We sometimes call them fortune tellers. Sometimes you see even signs up on Avenue of the Cities in Moline. There is someone who says that they can go ahead and read your palm. And they can tell what's going to happen in your life by looking at the lines in your hands. Now, a lot of times these people are fakes and phonies. But sometimes there are people that try to predict the future. And they truly have given themselves over to the devil. And they try to tell you what's going on. Remember this. The devil only knows your past. He doesn't know your future. God, through his gifts of prophecy and other things, can speak about the future, but the devil can't. And sometimes when you hear about stories of people that have gone to seances or people who've used Ouija boards or this type of thing to try to be able to predict the future, I'll tell you, the devil sort of leads them on with this stuff. Familiar spirits, all these demonic activities. Now, the good news is, when you hear about evil like this, remember, God is always greater. Amen? Hallelujah. You don't need the occult to tell you about your future. The cool part is, God not only is greater than the things of the devil, but he's intended for you to have greater victory than the world has ever known. So here's Simon. He's been involved in sorcery. Here's Simon. He's been involved with the occult and all these things, and now he gets born again. Something changes because the people back then thought that he was the most powerful and even said he had a gift from God. Do you remember? I'm not going to go into names on things, but do you remember people who were in the newspaper that tried to give horoscope predictions? And one lady in particular said that she had a gift from God. The Lord does not need the horoscope to be able to predict your future. 
the word of God tells you your future will be as you trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes people get deceived by that and think they have to go ahead and get into the occult to be able to get answers. But the church is supposed to have answers because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, we're not going to go ahead and say, come up here and stand today and we're going to tell you your future. If there's something God needs to reveal to you, he will. He'll use tongues and interpretation. He will use the gift of prophecy. He will do all these things that there are times that God will speak prophetically to you about something and you will see the plan come together. But every one of you in this place can hear the voice of God. Every one of you can follow the teachings in Scripture to know what's going on. And so Simon saw the manifestations and the power of the Holy Spirit. He saw by people having the laying on of hands go on, he saw that there was something that was there. Remember, he used to be a man of great authority. People would see him and think, oh, here comes Simon. Ooh, he knows what's going on. He can tell the future. And now he wasn't the big shot anymore. In fact, if anything, he was playing second fiddle because the apostles had come in preaching the truth. Remember, there is always a counterfeit to the truth. And even though Simon had a change and accepted Christ, sometimes the enemy tries to bring up your past to try to control you. Know this, the next time you start to hear a whisper in the back of your brain saying, yeah, I know you're born again, but what you've done is so bad, if anybody ever knew about it, they would never want to be around you. Remember, the blood of Jesus covers everything. It covers everything and gives you a brand new start. Look at verse 14. And when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute. We just read that these people had already heard the gospel and been born again. So why did the apostles need to come and teach them about the Holy Spirit? Because at that point, no one had yet received the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Verse 15 again. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. When they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw, this is important, when you check that or underline that in your Bible, when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Let's stop there for a moment. Simon saw the manifestations of God. When you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be a manifestation of God in your life. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you were intended to have a supernatural move of God going on? You were never meant to be defenseless, but you were meant to be filled with the power of God. Now, I told you a little bit of story about being born again, and even when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In our particular church, there wasn't a lot of teaching that was going on. It was until later on when I was a part of a spirit-filled church that I saw what was supposed to intend to happen in congregations as they waited upon God. But I went into a prayer meeting that my mom and dad were in, and it was in our Methodist church that we were a part of at that time. And there were people there that were praying in the Holy Spirit. And I remember sitting in that chair and listening to people pray, and I was so thankful that I had been born again. I was so thankful that God had changed my life. And I remember sitting there, I was 13 years old, and just holding my hands out before God and saying, Lord, I love you so much. I want to serve you. I want to do whatever you've asked me to do. I am in your hands. I wish there was more that I could do to tell you how much I love you. And at that moment, as I sat there, I began to pray in tongues. It's not a language you learn. It's not like going in French class. It's not like learning Spanish. Now, you know, I've, I've, I've been learning to do a little bit of Spanish, right? You all have fun with me every once in a while with that. When I say certain Spanish words, poco means little, grande means very large. Now, I learned that by watching Taco Bell commercials. 
But that's about the only Spanish I know. Or enchilada, taco, or here's one of my favorite ones, burrito. Why are all the Spanish words I know about food? But that's about it when it comes to that. What is this baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is this language? You see, what was happening, the Bible talks about it and explains it a little bit later. It's not a language that is learned, but it comes up from your very spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit comes, you open your mouth, and it begins to come out of you. Why then does it take place? Well, I'm telling you, the great part is when I don't even know how to pray about something, the spirit in me knows how to pray. It knows how to intercede. And sometimes I get the interpretation of it. Other times there's a prophetic word that happens. But it's one of those ways that I can always pray in faith, even when my natural mind doesn't know how to pray about it. What happens? I was being empowered by God. Now, there's other times people will say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, and it happens that way. There's so many different ways that it begins to manifest. But for me, as I sat there in that chair, well, Pastor, you didn't even say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. No, I just had such a deep desire in me. I wanted more of God. Hallelujah. Don't give up on kids. Don't think they're too young to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It happens all the time in children's ministry that as kids are open and Pastor Sandy or some of the other teachers will be teaching about the things of the Spirit and kids just say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit and they begin to pray in tongues. Now, I got to tell you something. I've been praying in tongues since I was 13 years old. I'm 56 years old now. I've been doing it for a while. Sometimes when people first get filled with the Holy Spirit, they can sound a little bit like a motorboat taken off. Sometimes it comes out and it sounds like what Scripture says about stammering lips. I've been with people that when they first start out, it'll sound something like this. And before you know it, it kicks in and it sounds exactly like a language. Well, how do you know that you're not just making words up? Didn't you ever make words up as a child? We did. You know, I'll never forget, even when the twins were very, very small, and we would get to watch them on Sunday night when uh, our daughter and son-in-law were taking care of the youth group. The twins sort of had their own sounds that they would make with each other, but then for a while there, they came up with this word, and this word was a word that everybody else already knew, but they would look at each other and break out into hysterical laughter. At one moment, Melody would look at Josiah and she'd say it like this, she'd say, Coco. <laughs> now, there's nothing spiritual about Coco, but... Melody would look at Josiah and say, Coco, and Josiah would, ah! <laughs> he would just laugh and carry on. And a few moments later, it would get quiet, and Josiah would look at Melody and say, Coco. <laughs> we would get the biggest kick out of it. And so after a while, when they had both settled down, you know, we'd look at them both and we'd say, Coco, and they would just hilariously laugh. I have no idea what it meant. But it always made them laugh and smile. Man, when I hear cocoa, I think marshmallows. <laughs> Maybe they thought that too. Because I said something to them later on. I said, do you remember when you used to say cocoa? No. No. Well, maybe it was just humor for us. But praying in tongues is not a language that you make up. It comes from your very spirit. Now... It's also something that just like you can pray in English, you can pray in the Spirit. Once you receive it, it is yours. It is there with you. Uh, let me grab a microphone here. Let me go ahead and... Uh, hallelujah. We'll get this on. Pastor Carol, why don't you come up here first? I've asked her to take a moment and just share about when she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, uh, Pastor Jimmy, why don't you come up also? We'll have you get ready to share your testimony. So were you sitting in a Methodist church when you got filled with the Holy Spirit? No. All right, go for it. You know, I, I kind of joke a lot of times that I was born speaking in tongues because my parents were a part of a four-square church, 
and had, I can remember being a little girl and hearing my, my parents at prayer meeting speaking in tongues and praying. I can remember my grandparents in their Foursquare Church in Chicago Heights, Illinois. Um, the two things I remember so clearly is hearing my soft-spoken grandfather speak in tongues with passion and with fire. And those were not things that were a part of his normal um, Gen, uh, his ways that he, he talked. And I, I remembered that. And um, so I got born again when I was four. I, I very, very, very remember on a Sunday night going and, and, and praying and saying, God, I want you to be part of my life forever. And everyone just kind of assumed um, because of the role that we had in church and the different things that we did that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And I just kind of never corrected anybody, you know, because everyone thought it, and I just, you know, just kind of go. But here's a secret, okay? I bet you none of you know this about me, is I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> I like to be in charge. I like things to go my way. And for me, the baptism of the Holy Spirit had a lot to do with not being in control. And so I actually made it till age 17, and I was not baptized in the Holy Spirit. I knew how to pray. I knew how to pray. I, I, I loved God with all my heart, but I had never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we were getting ready to go on a tour with a music group, and our leader said, all right, those of you who are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need this and you need it tonight because we're going to get ready to go and who knows what we're going to be get, what, you know, circumstances we're going to be facing and we need all of you baptized in the Holy Spirit. I think there was me and two others. And it's like, okay, I got, I, you know, okay, so God, you, you've called me out. I know you've called me out. I know this is something that I have to do. But I don't know how. Now, I could tell you all the scriptures. I, I, I had memorized scriptures. I was a good scripture memorizer. I, I knew that. But it was actually physically letting go of me. So I sat there that night, and we were down in, in, the, in, the, um, in the prayer chapel, and she laid hands on us, and that night, I think I said one word, because it still had a lot to do with me letting go of me. And as we continued through, when we, got, we left on that tour and we continued through that, um, saw the power of God move, and that was how it started coming. And now, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, I can speak in tongues anywhere. You know what? And there's been a lot of times when we've needed it. But for me, it was that night in the prayer chapel, one word. And that was the one word that I had to go on and trust that more was going to come. You know, I've been praying in, in the Spirit one time, and I know I was speaking Chinese. We were interceding for China, and I know I was speaking Chinese had no clue to what I was saying, but you know what? It took letting go, and that's what it was for me. Well, mine wasn't quite that spiritual. <laughs> no. Um, when I first met Sandy, you know, she was going to a particular denomination, and uh, so I started going to church with her. I got born again in that church. We started helping out. The, that denomination to this day still thinks that speaking in tongues is of the devil. Unfortunately, we still have family members in that. But um, several things happened within that church that caused us to have to leave. One of them was they found out uh, through an association with a friend of ours uh, who graduated from Rama, Sandy had been filled with the Holy Spirit and was speaking in tongues. So they told us that we had we could we could give our tithe, we could take and we could take counseling with the pastor, but that was all we were going to be able to do in the church. 
And so we left. And I had told Sandy after the church when we were going home that night or that day that I was done with church. You know, I'm tired of all the politics and everything else. I said, you do what you want. I'm done. And um, she found an ad that week. She was looking for a church that would have the gifts of the Spirit in it. She found an ad for this new church that had started out in a home in, in May of 85. And they were going into their first building over here by the water tower. Uh, at that time, it was called Faith Walk Christian Center. So she got up on uh, that first Sunday that they were going to be in the building, and she said about going to church. I said, fine, go. I'm done. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay home. Um, and she went. She came home that day. Her and the kids had gone. She came home, and she said, this is where we're, spo we're supposed to go. And I said, great. You guys go. Don't, don't bother me. Um, that lasted for a week. <laughs> that next Sunday, I went with them. And I believe it was Rita's first Sunday there also. Or she went when Sandy did. It was her second Sunday. Um, but that very first Sunday I went, somebody had a message in tongues. Now, me having been told my entire Christian life that that was of the devil, I was sitting, you know, we were praying, and all of a sudden, you know, one eye came open, and I, you know, <laughs> I'm starting to look for the door so I can get out of there. But I didn't. I stuck around. And after several weeks, it really came alive to me. Well, first of all, it was a church that actually taught the word instead of just little nice sermons that make you feel good. And I was enjoying that. But then during worship and praise one Sunday morning, I had my eyes closed. I mean, you know, we, I was into the song, but at this particular song, we were on our, our fifth or sixth time through the, through the song. And just a, a fleeting thought in my, bra my brain said, come on, let's move to the next song. And after the song was done, there was a message in tongues. And the interpretation was, don't pay attention to how many times we go through the song. Concentrate on me. So it was like, okay. <laughs> so I started seeking, and it was a couple weeks later after I'd been praying about getting the, whole, the gifts of the Spirit, and as an usher, I got tired of people taking my seat. We, we'd put our Bibles out, and people would collect our Bibles and put them on the end, and they'd take our seat. So I started sit, we started sitting in the front row. Nobody ever took my seat after that. <laughs> but we were sitting up there, and during uh, Pastor Scott's brother-in-law, Kirk, was the worship leader. And at that point, they were praying. And I had my hands up. I had my eyes closed. And they said, you know, there was a message that somebody was seeking the gift. And as, the, as they were saying this, I could hear, you know, I, I could tell by the voices, Pastor Scott and Kirk had walked over, and they were standing right in front of me. I kept my eyes closed very tightly, and I believe Rita went forward and got filled with the Spirit. <laughs> well, we were in the middle of remodeling the back of the church, and pastor had found out I knew how to draw drawings, so he got uh, um, under pretense of, uh, well, I think he talked to my wife, but under pretense of going over the drawings, we went out for donuts and coffee that night, talked about the drawings uh, very little. Most of the time, we talked about being filled with the Spirit. And the next Sunday, um, when they made the offer, I, I went forward. And I was fighting something, you know, with hyperthyroid at, at that time. I was on medication. And I remember when they prayed for me, I got, like, I remember saying, and that was it. That's all I remember that I started speaking in tongues. When I came to, God had, well, while I was out, God told me, that, you know, I was healed of the thyroid. When I opened my eyes, I was laying on the floor in the center aisle. Whole new experience for me. But it, ever, since, ever since then, you know, I know that the power is there. I, I get woke up in the middle of the night. God will give me the name of somebody that needs prayer. And when I, you know, I pray for them, you know, in tongues, because I don't know what they need. You know, so I pray for them in tongues. And 
I usually get within a day or two, I'll get a, a, a notification, whether it's through Facebook or something else with, from them, that they were, they were in, having a problem and that God solved that problem. Now, I'm, not, I'm probably not the only one he had pray for him, but I know that the, the gifts work that way. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Three different people, three different ways the Spirit moves, and God's still moving today. Amen. Where's your team? If you'd please come up. I want you to know that God is still at work. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can have that experience today. It's much more than an experience, but it is the power of God. Let's stand up together. This morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior... That's the most important thing we need to do, first of all. If you've already made him your Lord and Savior, then this morning as we begin to pray, I want you to just take a little bit of time and thank God for your salvation. Be thankful before him and just take some time to honor him. But if you're listening to us on Facebook or if you're here in this auditorium and you need Jesus, I'm going to say a prayer. And if you'd like to accept Christ into your life, you can go ahead and let him come in as your Lord and Savior. Will you all join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, let your spirit descend now upon every person that is waiting and calling out to you. I thank you for the moving of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Now, you that need to be born again, would you say this prayer with me? Just say, Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Come into my life Forgive me of my sin. I make you my Lord, my Savior, and my King. If that's your prayer, you've just been born again, and we welcome you to the family of God. But also for all of you that are in this place, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I just invite everyone here just to lift up your hands, just as an openness before God, and say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Now, you that have already been filled with the Spirit, just join with me. Let's begin to pray in tongues. Hallelujah. You that have just prayed that, open up your mouth before God. Allow Him to begin to move. And whatever you start to hear in your spirit, in your mind, you go ahead and begin to speak it out. It might just be one word. It might be a whole sentence. You don't have to think this through. Just let it flow freely out of you this day. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, whether you just spoke one word or if nothing has happened yet, but you've opened up, then by faith, it has happened to you. Get ready for the manifestations of God. Get ready for His glory to begin to flow. Allow Him to minister to you and let His Spirit flow freely in your lives. The next few Sundays, we're going to continue to teach on this. And before you know it, you're going to see that fluency in the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God flowing in your life. It's in the Word. We believe the Word. And the blessings of God will flow to all of you. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to continue on here in the service. We say goodbye to those on Facebook, but we're going to continue in the presence of Almighty God. Why don't you go ahead and be seated, everybody, and continue just to pray in the Spirit as we get ready.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.